Hello, Loose Lug Nation, and welcome to episode Curtis Turner, number 13 of Loose Lugs, presented by Double L Sports Network. I'm Lauren Leach, once again your host, and joined, as usual, by Mark Allen. Hey, buddy, how you doing? Hey, hi, buddy. Uh, hey, you went old school with Curtis Turner with that 13. You know, I thought, yeah. you'd, do a, thought you'd do a Ty Dillon on me, you know, you're kind of up to... Up to uh, uh, normal here, but I was gonna go with uh, how about a Jerry Nadu in the yep. Dan Marino uh, Dan Marino car back in the day. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Remember the football players used to get into uh, trying to be owners. I think Emmett Smith was part of that team, and then Brett Favre got in it for a little bit. You know, a lot of them football players they retired, and then they decided that they uh, wanted to go racing and. Uh, they didn't really stay with it too long, though. So unfortunately, yeah, I remember the Dan Marino car, and then I remember Brett Favre dabbling a little bit. But other than that, uh, I don't think it lasts real long, like you had mentioned. So it's a little, little foggy for me as far as memory of what exactly happened there, because it didn't last very long, and I was a little younger. So, uh, but you know, either way, it was nice to see other celebrities and sports figures get involved in the sport. Yeah, they retired and they wanted to do something else, so they kind of looked at racing and, you know, uh, even guys like uh, Walter Payton and, you know, got into got into racing and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, when their career was over, it was always uh, figuring out the longevity of racing they could uh, extend their career. Yeah, good stuff for sure. Well, let's, uh, let's get into it here. We got a uh, bunch of racing that happened since we did this last. Let's go right into Atlanta, the Gander RV and Outdoors Truck Series. They're at Atlanta. Uh, stage one and stage two go to Kyle Bush, and then the race goes to Grant Enfinger. But there was a lot of things that happened in between there. Uh, Kyle Bush was caught speeding twice. That put uh, him behind by quite a bit. Chase Elliott at one point missed pit road and then brought out a caution late, which affected Austin Hill, who was on cruise control late, didn't have short run speed. He ended up getting passed by Enfinger there on the last lap, and Grant Enfinger gets win number two. Yeah, that Atlanta racetrack, uh, you know, once again, no practice. Like, get in the vehicle and, and go, you know, and uh, um, boy, that Atlanta racetrack, it eats up tires, and it's pretty slick there, and uh Boy, the drivers like it, though. They all say, hey, it's a fun racetrack to go to. Yeah, there was a lot of talk this week about repaving. It seems like it comes up every couple years, if not every year here at Atlanta. They decided not to repave it a few years ago when they had originally scheduled it because the drivers didn't want it. Now, with the rain and all that stuff, they're talking about doing it again and hopefully helping the race. The only thing I can think of is Texas was supposed to be this next generation repave and supposed to be better racing and it just hasn't come in as fast as they had originally thought so if they go that route i'm a little scared of how the racing will be the next few years at atlanta yeah i disagree they should just leave it as it is it, it gives a track character you know and uh you know to add to that you know when the series races down there it's usually uh early in the spring and it's like in the 50s and 60s and here these guys are driving, you know, in, uh, in the, it's, it's in the 80s and 90s down there. 
So physically, uh, it's uh, more demanding for them down there also. It's a hot place in the hot Atlanta. Oh, absolutely. A place that already destroys tires. Now you add the heat into it, which makes it even more slick, and it'll give uh, the tires up a little quicker than normal. Yeah, yeah, that's that's Atlanta. So hopefully, hey, they leave it alone, you know. Uh, uh, drivers all like an old uh, old grinder, and, uh, you know, they all love it. Everybody that you, uh, the broadcasters, they just like, hey, this is the place. We love Atlanta. Um, it's, uh, you know, they used to race there twice. Um, back in the day, I wish they would have left Atlanta just the way it was back in the 80s. Um, it was a wicked... Uh, oval uh shape um not like it's uh, built now like it's uh looks like charlotte you know and that way that was wicked fast back then um i kind of and personally i wish they would have left atlanta just in in that same uh formation yeah i remember that being a little bit that way or at least have seen it going back and watching old racing I pretty much remember it as the new configuration as far as my memory goes of see, actually seeing and remembering races, but it's still a, still a fast track, multiple grooves, good racing. So that's why I said I'm a little afraid if they do repave it, which at some point it will have to be. There's no doubt about it. Uh, I'm just a little afraid with the way that Texas has gone that this that same thing will happen to Atlanta. And at a track where we've had fantastic racing, um, that just that just scares me away a little bit. Yep, yep. I hear you there, man. I just personally, I just wish they'd leave it alone. Yep, and just uh, um, drivers seem to like it that way. And I know they're going to repave it someday, and then and then it gets really wicked fast after that, and then you end up with a one lane racetrack, and it takes about three four years to cure, and they and they slop the place up with. Uh, that gooey stuff, uh, what do they call it? The awesome sauce. And, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, it takes years for a track to come around, you know, and it's just like, uh, hey, it is what it is, and just leave it alone. And personally, that's which uh, which direction I'd like to go. Yeah, the good old PJ1 you're talking about with the awesome sauce there. So, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens, but uh, hopefully they leave it for now, and sounds like they, they may, but a lot of talk came up this week about it, so never know what will happen. Uh, unfortunately for us Wisconsin race fans, Ty Majeski had a little bit of trouble and got a lap down, uh, finished the first car one lap down. Johnny Sauter had a challenging day and didn't do so well, so challenging day for those boys. Did Johnny Sauter get penalized in that race? I think so. Yeah. Yes, he did. They 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 called it a a soak test, soak yeah. test. I guess so. They yeah. have a way. I guess I guess they have a way of that they can uh, um, have have tires uh, leak leak air out of it, and uh, th- that team got busted. Yeah, they yeah, called it a got- soak test. And it was, yeah, it's, it's, it was like what what were they talking about? But. Uh, yeah, he got busted and ended up last place, uh, last place points there. Yeah, he actually did okay there, but got disqualified after the race. And that was the, the big news that came down. It's like, whoa. And then they, you find out it's a tire deal and you, you kind of wonder, uh, what was going on there because that's a, that's a big no, no for NASCAR. So, um, 
interesting news to say the least. Yeah, they frown on that. Uh, um, it don't sound like uh, you got too bad of a penalty out of it. Usually, I think when you're really messing around with technical stuff like that, that they really throw the book at you. So I uh, I guess I didn't hear of the, the fines that came out of that. Did you get anything out of that? No, I haven't seen anything yet. I just did some research before. Um, wasn't a whole lot of news about that, actually. And uh, we'll have to see if anything comes uh, about as the races get going this weekend and see if anything comes out more about it. Well, then there's something probably going on behind the scenes that they're still investigating that. But uh, soak test, there's a new one. Just like, huh? And I guess uh, some teams have a way of figuring out how to uh, let out air pressure on a tire to make it uh, uh, more manageable as a run goes on. And um, I guess some people are going to manipulate tires. And, <laughs> yeah, you get busted, man. You're going to pay for it. Yeah, and really that's nothing new. You know, a lot of people online were speculating that they were actually soaking tires uh, that's that's a lot more challenging at that level because they only get the tires for a certain amount of time. So that would be tough to do. I was reading a lot about that. So, yeah, it's some kind of bleeding of the, the air coming out of the tire. And um, we'll, we'll see what, what news we get out of it this weekend. Uh, the other penalties coming down, uh, Christian Eckes and uh, Timmy Hill had one loose lug. Oh, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So uh, uh, there was 14 lead changes between seven drivers in the race, six cautions for 28 laps, and the time of the race was one hour, 47 minutes, and five seconds. The next race coming up is tomorrow, Saturday, the 13th of June, at Homestead, Miami, the defending race winner, none other than Austin Hill. So that could be a bounce back race for him as he lost uh, lost at Atlanta, but coming to a track where he's had some success and see if he can have a bounce back week. Yeah, it's going to be a steamer down there, at least a race again at night. So that's, that's going to help the truck drivers down there, down in Homestead. Once again, here they're racing at a track that they normally don't race at this time of year. And uh, yeah, the, uh, the humidity is sky high down there. So, Hopefully they all hydrate and, uh, and they can make it through. Absolutely. Yeah, I heard the weather is supposed to be pretty hot down there, which you absolutely expect this time of year, which is why they run it either in the fall or the spring. And unfortunately, with this pandemic going on, it didn't work out. So hopefully everyone stays safe out there and hydrates like you said. So hopefully we get some good racing. Yeah, we've seen some drivers get out of some hot cars and, uh, and not uh, looking so good. So, yeah. It's uh, it's it's getting to be a grind for driving uh, in hot races. Hey, maybe they should come up this way and race up here. You know, uh, <laughs> get up in the northern states. But I know they're trying to spread out just slowly away from the Carolina area to to make this work. So it, it is what it is, and you know, so that's uh, that's what they got to deal with. Yep. Yep. Well, let's get into the Xfinity Series then. So they're at Atlanta as well on the same day the trucks ran. And Austin Sindrick won stages one and two. And then the race goes to A.J. Allmendinger, whose first comment when he got out of the car was, hey, I finally won on an oval. (laughs) And he kissed the camera. Yeah. 
<laughs> he put some lip mark. He put some lip marks on the dash or on the on the on the lens there. And uh, yeah, it's his first oval ever. You know, he he's won at road courses and he's gotten many second places. And he just he didn't care. He just wanted a victory somewhere. And uh, yeah, he looked pretty good. But uh, he kind of uh, he got that win by default though about what happened in that race. Yeah, you know, it was it was cool to see him win, a guy who's trying to get back to the limelight, doing some announcing as well with NBC. But, uh, you know, when he said he finally got a win on an oval, I started thinking about that. And I was like, yeah, that's that's right. But you think back, and he had an opportunity to win Martinsville with JTG Doherty one year. Uh, had run well for in many different series on, on ovals, but uh, never came together until – till last weekend he sure was a happy camper when he won that race huh oh absolutely absolutely um you know the other thing that caught my eye was ross chastain and justin haley who are teammates to aj almendinger they were very strong along with el Geyer and gregson um so chevy's chevy's were looking pretty strong that day you know and then they had that dash for cash and there was a lot of guys that got penalized through that race and um, you know, Gregson had a, had a penalty early in the race. Um, apparently once when you have a penalty late in the race, um, then that'll, that'll cost you as, as you further you get into the race there. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, speaking of penalties, um, the 19 of Brandon Jones, their team had one loose lug. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, there was 10 lead changes among seven drivers, six cautions for 28 laps. Time of the race was two hours, two minutes and 37 seconds. The next race or races will be this weekend, Saturday, two 30 on Fox. And then Sunday, 11 AM at FS one. The defending champion is Tyler Reddick, who I don't believe will be in that race. Boy, this, he rim rides around there uh, he did last year. Um, just outstanding racer. He can race two inches from the wall, and uh, he makes it go. So we'll see what he can do in the cup ride when they're down there. But, uh, yeah, um, he was very impressive down at Homestead last year. Very, very. Uh, big news uh, in the Xfinity Series is Dale Jr. makes his return for his one race of the year he'll be racing the saturday race i believe so uh he'll be in the eight car you know and that affects daniel hemrick a little bit because daniel hemrick is one of those cat uh cash drivers dash for cash and he'll be on the uh sunday race yeah dale says i'm i'm going to get there as late as i can he says and i'm not taking my bus driver down there he says he's just gonna go down about an hour before the race and then get get himself all checked out, you know, make sure that he's healthy. And then he says, and then it's he just going to go straight to the car, race, and then he's going to leave right away. He says he just, like, uh, doesn't want to hang around down there. Um, just go in, go race, and get out of there. <laughs> That's his plan for the weekend. Yeah, he was down there already this week. Sounded like he was spending some time with family down on the beach and all that, so. Cool, and he comes back and races a little bit. It gives some extra exposure to the Xfinity series, makes uh, some other people that might not normally watch, watch. So cool that he's doing that. I, I get a kick, up, kick out of it, of course. Yeah. You know, once going back to that uh, Xfinity Atlanta race, you know, the, the leaders came in uh, when we were talking about penalties, 
and there was three of them, wasn't there? Uh, there was Briscoe, and there was uh, um, who else? The, the, the seven. Uh, he came in. There was three of them right in a row, and they must have been playing follow the leader, and all three of them got busted yeah. for speeding. Bang, yep. bang, bang. Yep. And and uh, that's what and that cost them. That cost them all, you know, and that's why uh, it worked out for Almendinger that also that just cleared the way for him. So um, that was kind of interesting, but. You know, sometimes you follow the leader going into pit road, thinking that he's going to be uh, under speed, and uh, <laughs> and guess what? They all got it, bang bang, and it was uh, just like, well, it was a little bit late in the race for them guys, and you know that that, that ruined their day. Yeah, you know uh, when they came across and said uh, one, two, and three all speeding, <laughs> I was like, what? You know, you don't you don't hear of that too often. You know, you might get one or two, but but three, um, that was interesting. And yeah, they had a long way to go in a short amount of time, so just couldn't make it back to the front. Yep, that cost them. And hey, all well, they're not in for the dash for cash this week because of that too. So you know that that's a pretty nasty penalty they just uh, absorbed there. Yeah, and you mentioned it earlier. The the later the penalty, the more it costs you. It's just harder to rebound. You don't have as much time. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you can't really adjust the car if something's wrong that late. So, uh, just costs you majorly. So you would think second and third probably just thought, Hey, the leader's coming in and you just hang on his back bumper and you're probably not looking at your tack. And, uh, <laughs> you know, you probably expected the leader be, uh, under speed and well, he's speeding. So if you don't pay attention to it, well, you got busted to it. Yep. Yeah, that was a that's a brand new one there that all three got busted right in a row. So <laughs> I had a I got a little giggle out of that, just like oh, I, I kind of figured out how how that happened. So yeah, but, uh, yeah, that made that race right there. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. So then uh, Miami twice this weekend for the Xfinity Series again Saturday two thirty at Fox, Sunday eleven a.m. on FS1 before the Cup race. Well, and speaking of the Cup Series, they were at Atlanta on that Sunday. And before we even get into the racing here, there was a couple of pre-race penalties. Uh, the number one of Kurt Busch, uh, the 32 of Corey LaJoy, the 53 and the 66 also all had to go to the rear. Um, the number one also had a pass-through penalty right off the bat. Bang, right at Atlanta. Yeah, no practice, green track. Hot as hell, and you uh, you get a penalty. So, yeah, talk about unknown there. That's uh, that's a pretty rough penalty there. Yeah, and I wonder what goes through the mind of a driver knowing you're strapping in, you're excited to go, and you know you're gonna have to come down pit road right away and potentially go a lap down. Yeah. <laughs> so when they bust you, and then, well, you know about it to start the race, but. Yeah, it's just like, okay. Um, I'm sure the nerves were amped up, you know. <laughs> Hell of a way to start the day on a green track with no practice. No doubt. Um, so stages one and two go to Martin Truex Jr. The race goes to Kevin Harvick. Truex was good early, but Kevin Harvick dominant in the last stage and wins the race. Uh, had to go around and do that ode to Dale Dale Earnhardt again, really cool for, for someone like me who was a big Dale Earnhardt fan, but really cool for the sport in general. Obviously, he got his first race win in Atlanta in 2001, the third race after Dale had passed. 
He started third in the race. So a lot of weird things that all come together. You start to think about that. Um, so that was back in 2001. He has won twice now. This was his third win at Atlanta. So a lot of uh, threes happening there. Yeah, it took him 17 years before he finally got back to victory lane. But they uh, they call it the Harvick. What do they call it? The Harvick, Harvick Groove or Harvick Lane or yeah. um, what he does there. Um, yeah, he has a way of getting around there. Uh, middle of the race, he kind of uh, uh, was out of adjustment there, and he kind of fell back. And they took a. He said they took a bigger swing at it than what the other guys did. And I tell you what, they hit a bullseye on it, and that car just took off, and there was no catching him. That Mustang was a rocket. Yeah, he. Uh, they call it Harvicking, and that's where you get the tires right on that painted line. They moved it down about three or four feet, I guess, a few years back, and you get your, your tires lined up right on that line, and they painted it white and red. And uh, there's a lot of grip on that line. So Harvick was really the first one to, to get it done like that. And a lot of guys are doing it now. And, well, Kevin was dominant again. Yeah, they put a tape measure on it. It was like six inches and saying that's, that's the best grip that they could find on the track on a painted line. And so uh, interesting. But, yeah, he rips around Atlanta really well. And can you imagine trying to hit that mark lap after lap after lap and they do they hit it every time because if you don't you're losing a lot of time well they're professionals and that's what it's all about speaking of the heat it was very hot down at atlanta um bubba wallace was interviewed after the race he he didn't look so good and uh ended up fainting uh they did interview him after the first time he fainted and then uh the second time uh he did it again, and he had to go to the infield care center. Every, everything checked out there, but a little bit of a scary incident for him. Yeah, you know, it, it's hot down there. Like I, I've touched on that before, that this is uh, racing at times when they're not used to being down there. And, uh, you know, I lived down south there for a little while, and that stuff can get really thick down there. And so, uh, yeah, it's uh, these uh, guys got to figure out um, how to hydrate and keep themselves healthy. And it's not going to get no better. There's still some more hot racing that's coming up uh, during the summer here. So um, it's going to be interesting how, how these guys are going to uh, maintain through here. Yeah, you and I have spoken off air about this, about the whole pandemic kind of shift into the to the races that they have in the, in the fall and the, the spring that are typically hot down there, Atlanta, Miami, and now you're getting right in the thick of summer. It's uh, I'm a little worried about it, but they're they're professionals. They'll do what they have to do, and uh, that's all you can do. That's all you can ask for. Yeah, yeah. But I I still think that you're going to see some more some more drivers that are going to struggle with this. I mean, we're going to Talladega, and then we're going to Texas. I mean, oh my God, it's uh, it's going to be just gruesome for them guys down there. Um. We'll see, but I still think that you're gonna you're gonna see some other drivers that are gonna have issues. So it's just gonna be downright steamy for them. Yeah, hopefully uh, nothing nothing too bad, and hopefully they hydrate a bunch before, like they try to, and hopefully they can all have enough time to uh, rehydrate during the week before going to the next one, because that's key. They say it takes a couple of days just to get back to your normal self, and then I'm sure you try to get a little extra in when you can. 
to prepare for, for that next weekend. And that's what makes this schedule even more tough right now. You speak about going from Atlanta to Martinsville. Well, when you have those midweek races, especially talking in Bubba's instance, is he going to be okay to drive for Wednesday? That was a big question. And uh, he made it happen, but, you know, that's that's tough to do. Well, it saved him that they raced the night race at Martinsville. And, uh, you know, Dale Jr., he was on his podcast, and I actually caught this uh, last Wednesday. And he was talking about when he was racing a super late down at Myrtle Beach. Mm-hmm. And he said he was racing along, and then he, he realized that all of a sudden everything got dry. He said, my hands were dry. My face was dry. He said that he he sweated out every drop of uh, sweat out of him. And then after that, he said, then the hallucination started setting in. He said that was just a scary feeling where you're racing along and then you realize, hey, I'm dry. And, you know, that's got to be freaky. You know, you're sweating and then, you know, and then all of a sudden you're not sweating no more. And, you know, you got them fire suits on and a helmet and gloves and all that. My God. You know, and they, they say they're not athletes. Uh, oh, yeah, they're they're by far. They're, they're really, uh, um, yeah, they're athletes for sure, man. Well, and think about this. Not only is the heat a factor, but let's say you get some damage and all of a sudden the fumes start com- coming in. Now you're sweating out more. If you have something, if you're already, like, not feeling well and starting even maybe hallucinating on that border and all of a sudden you're dealing with fumes, boy, that uh, – yeah. <laughs> That's uh, that's trouble. Yeah, yeah, that's all part of it. But uh, yeah, we've seen that uh, the other night here too. As we get into that a little bit later. Yeah, and you know, uh, just speaking on a little bit what you touched on, Dale Jr. said, you know, we've seen a lot of hot nights in the short tracks uh, scene around here, and uh, I can remember one night specifically. Uh, I believe it was the white race one year. It was over a hundred degrees up here, hundred percent humidity. It actually melted a wire that cut the power to the tower, so they had to retire. They had to repair that before uh, getting going. And with all the um, with all the electronics up there, the the tower was ended up being like 120 degrees, even though it was it ended up shutting off. But all the heat coming out of that, and the cars were actually like 130 mid mid 130s. And I remember Andy Monday ended up winning that night, and he got out of the car and. He, he sat down right away and I had to give him a second before interviewing him just because it was, it was a lot to undertake there. So you're going to see a lot of that in NASCAR too. Yep. Yep. That's all part of it. Racing in the hot summertime. It's uh, something that you can't control, but that's, it's part of, it's part of the equation of racing. Yep. 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 Uh, so the cup race at Atlanta had 21 lead changes among nine drivers Five cautions for 24 laps, and the time of the race was three hours, 30 minutes, and three seconds. Uh, not not too bad. Um, you know, you see these times kind of starting to creep down a little bit. Yeah, there was a long green flag there at the end. It just kept going and going. So, But all in all, good, good entertaining race. Yep, they did a good job down there. Absolutely. Uh, so then they go to Martinsville under the lights, and what a special thing that is. First time under the lights. Yes, they did have to race under the lights at the end of the races in the fall a little bit, but the first one where it's scheduled under lights, you knew you were going to race under lights. You know, they, they compared it to Wrigley Field. The first time Wrigley Field played uh, under the lights was 1988. 
Uh, they played day games all before that, and they compared it to that. You never thought Martinsville would get lights. Well, here Martinsville get lights, and you see, uh, you know, something special coming about. You and I had even discussed going at one point. Yeah, it, uh, and it sure made it look a lot different. Um, it, uh, um, I, I didn't have no confidence that they were going to go. There was like an 85% chance of storms down there, and I wasn't confident that they were actually going to run, and and then I checked out the radar here at the end of the afternoon. I said, hey, they're going to get this in. And, uh, well, it, and they did. And it turned out to be, it was a very good race. Um, I guess I did notice uh, no fans in the stands. I, you know, with being a really close uh, close racetrack with the stands right there, it, uh, there was one racetrack where I actually did notice that the stands were empty. Yeah, I noticed it at Bristol a little bit, too, when they go out to that wide-angle shock. But, yeah, you could really tell at Martinsville there. And, you know, you, you notice something like that, and you, you feel bad because us race fans, they want to they wanna go racing. But number one priority is, is staying safe, and it sounds like we're going to start opening up the grandstands little by little here at least. Yeah, there's going to be, uh, what, 5,000? Uh, at Talladega uh, this weekend at Homestead, uh, I guess there's some uh, service people that have been invited, so they said don't don't call down there. there. There's no tickets available for people, but yeah, they're slowly starting to bring the fans back in. So yeah, so 1,000 uh, military at this weekend's race at Homestead Miami Speedway, and then 5,000 at Talladega. Plus, they just announced if you're VIP. Ticket holder, you can also come in. So it'll be 5000 plus the VIP uh, coming up here in the next few weeks. So um, opening up yeah. a little bit at least, so that'll that'll help and get people back into somewhat normalcy. Yeah, I've been to Talladega, and that place is huge. And uh, 5,000 people, it's still going to look like it's really empty. Oh, yeah. So, But, but it is what it is. So, yep. yeah, we're, we're, getting, we're getting pointed in the right direction here. Yep. Yep. Um, so stage one at Martinsville goes to Joey Logano. The second stage goes to Jimmy Johnson, who had to fend off a challenge there at the end, but he took it. And then the race goes to the 19 of Martin Truex Jr. I tell you what, Mark, he had some damage to the right front. They took uh, some of the body off, and I think that absolutely helps. It cools down the tire, it cools down the brakes, and he had that thing rolling at the end. Oh, all of a sudden, look at him, and he was untouchable at the whole last part of that race. So, yeah, he struggled, and he got penalized early in the race. He uh, the, the commitment uh, it's not a cone, it's a box there, and he ran over that, and he got busted for that. So, so he actually had to drive all the way back through. I thought uh, Ryan Blaney, Ryan Blaney had the car. He was another one that struggled halfway through the race, and then he came on, but. Uh, Truex was just uh, just a pinch uh, better than what he was. Yeah, you know, I talked about that damage there to the right front. And back probably a year or a half year ago, Dale Jr. was talking to someone on the podcast, and he was saying how the best car he had at Martinsville was the car where he was missing half of the front end because it just cooled everything down, and that thing was turning right for him, and uh, everything was working great, so... As soon as I saw that, I thought, huh, I wonder if that will be one of those situations. And I, I think that absolutely helped him. You know, and uh, 
that's probably the most glowing uh, rotors that I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, there was, you know, some guys were really bright on the on the front and and some in the back. And if you looked at Chase Elliott, you'd see the glowing in the front and nothing in the back. And so you could kind of see where their brakes were, where some people were balanced, and you can kind of see where the rotors were. Um, it was really a telling tale. But oh my, <laughs> those those uh, brakes, those were really glowing and they were hot. Um, I guess you know we see it in the daytime. But uh, that really showed just how hot those brakes get once we're at Martinsville. Yeah, and you know the night with it being under under night there, they just really glow up. So uh, it gives you a good sense of what the car's going under braking and seeing how those things are are working. And sometimes you get a little worried getting them too hot there. Although the new brake systems, they say they do a lot better with temperature, but still you you worry a little bit. Yeah, and then there's battery problems. You know, uh, Elmarola was having battery problems, and they were talking about how many fans that you got on, on uh, you know, your brakes and the driver and and some of the other pumps that are going on there. And you know, and then huh, the first the first lap of the race, Austin Dillon cuts a back to right tire down, and he said he ran something over on the track, and uh, and uh, he took the crush panels out of the wheel well. Well, then he's breathing the fumes, and and he soldiered on for how long, and he looked like he was pretty rough shape too, so he could get some fluids in him also. But, you know, once those crush panels are gone, and they can't fix that, you know, so them fumes are just coming right into the car, and those guys are ingesting that just like that. That's, that's a tough, tough deal there for them too. Yeah, he went a long way with that crush panel out and ended up getting out of the car later, as you mentioned, and he was definitely in rough shape. I, I thought he got out of the car, he got helped out, and I thought he was going to be okay after that. They carried him for a while in the in the pit road there to get him back to the, the uh, medical center there. So, um, you know, the one thing I thought about uh, when that happened is at any moment his wife could go into labor and that sure would have been a that sure would have been a bad time for him to have that going on while she's going into labor. So, thankfully that uh, that didn't happen, and he's okay. But uh, man, yeah, when you're ingesting the fumes like that, you almost wonder because you hear about this every now and then coming up at tracks. You almost wonder if they'll do something different where the drivers won't take as many fumes if something happens like that. Because when it happens on lap one of a 500 lap race at a bull ring like that. That is, I, I can't even imagine going through something like that. You know, he had a standby driver waiting, um, but, uh, yeah, he soldiered on, and, uh, boy, he was worse for wear when that one was over. Yeah, it was actually A.J. Allmendinger was the standby driver, but for some reason, I don't know if A.J. didn't come that day because they got news that it wasn't going to be that day or if, at some point he had left, but I just remember saying they have no one to drive the three car, so it's parked for the rest of the race. Uh, so I'm not mm. exactly sure what happened there. I was hoping to find out some information, but um, I didn't I didn't find anything about that. But, yeah, A.J. Elmendinger was actually the standby driver for Austin. Yeah, so – but, uh, hey, yeah, Martinsville, good good race. Uh, whole new view under the lights. Um, and uh, getting used to these Wednesday night races uh, – I like it, you know, bring on some more. Um, it's only uh, it's only show on town at and the, the ratings are up and and the racing's been good. It's 
everything's everything's looking really great in the uh, racing world there. Yeah, it was cool to see under the lights for a full of full full race there. Um, you know, another thing I have noted here: Kyle Busch and Denny Hamlin got caught a lap down, and Corey LaJoy stayed out on one uh, caution, so they couldn't take the wave round, and they just they just couldn't make up any ground and uh, got mired back in traffic for the whole race. Well, they gave them a new tire, and Goodyear did, and boy, some guys just could not figure it out. And, uh, you know, and it, it cost them. They never they never got around. And they said Toyota was hurting so bad, but, uh, well, Truex had it figured out, and, and he made it work. But, uh, yeah, all the rest of the Toyotas, they really were not in good shape for that race at all. Yeah. Well, uh, there were some penalties that come out of it. The 51 of Joey Gase, L1 penalty, uh, loss of 10 points, and crew chief Lee Leslie fined 25000 They failed Tech five times. Um, so, uh, a lot of times to be failing there. So L1 penalty, I thought it might be worse than what was announced, but uh, loss of 10 points and crew chief Lee Leslie fined 25000 yeah, owie. So, well, and then that's going to affect them probably this weekend with with penalty time, too. Yeah. So, probably going to get a drive-thru, huh? What do you think? <laughs> probably going to get a drive-thru to start the race at Homestead. Yeah, I don't know. You might see normally practice, but how is that going to work with no practice or qualifying? I don't know. That's a good question. We'll have to see what happens there. Um, the other penalties yeah. that I saw were Chase Elliott and Kyle Busch. Both of those teams had one blue slug each. So, uh, as you say, they're everywhere. <laughs> yeah, they're every, every week. But, uh, you know, what is loose and what isn't? I mean, uh, it, are they counting it as, as torqued down? Or how do they have the fine line of knowing how tight a lug nut is? I mean, is there a certain person that's there that's only so strong that can determine, or is there a gauge on it that tells how tight it is to the wheel? That is an interesting thing that I'm going to have to look into to figure out what, what is a loose lug nut and what isn't. And, you know, I, I, do they expect them all to be torqued down or, or is there one just riding along on the threads or there, there's more to it than, then that meets the eye on that, you know. So I, I, I got to find out the definition behind that. Yeah, and you know, the only thing you see after the race is they get in line, and they all they there's two guys that go around each side of the car, or one on each side of the car, and they check and they give the thumbs up. So it's it's got to be, I would think, pretty obvious for them to just see because they're not wrenching on it to see. You know, sometimes you'll see them tighten it you know, extra with a, with a wrench there, but they're not, to my knowledge, they're not doing that. They're just looking at the end of the race with the officials. So it's, it's gotta be somewhat obvious. So, you know, they're running through it. If, if they're getting caught at the end of the race, you know, there's some drivers that are running around with loose lug nuts uh, during the race before the final set gets put on. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I thought about that right away. I thought, you know, you get four tight, three tight and, barely wrench two on, you know, who, who knows? I, they say you have to have five now due to the safety of it, but could you just get them barely on there and save some time? I, I, that's a good question for someone that's, that's in that role. Yeah. Looking for an advantage there, you know, just like, 
And then these guys are doing that all in what, 12, 13 seconds. It's just amazing of what them pit crews can do. Yeah. Oh man. It's uh, you know, you look back at some of those races and they're talking about 19 second pit stops and 18 second pit stops being unbelievable. And now you look and they're, they're 12, nine, 13 second. It's uh, it's incredible. You know, back in the 60s and 70s, they were running around with a, like a big 75-pound cast iron jack, you know, and, and they'd have to pump it about six, seven times to get the car. And they never, back then, they didn't think about the speed of a pit, you know. And if you think about when a car is sitting still compared to a car on a racetrack of how much time you're really losing, um, if they, they finally figured out that that's kind of, kind of important, you know, and there's... Uh, um, there's been all kinds of different things of trying to make pit, pit stops faster and quicker and safer. And, oh, my, <laughs> it's a, and it's still revolving to this day. Oh, no, keep going. You know, you almost wonder, just like technology, where, what's the next thing? What's, what's the next thing coming? Because, you know, uh, even with technology, you look at it and you're like, how could you get anything that's smarter than your phone that's in your hand? And there will be something that comes. So, just like that's evolving, the sport will evolve, and uh, man, it's just like you said, just constantly evolving. You know, just like one one pump with a jack, bang, the car is up. Or, you know, back in the day, a couple not too far, not too long ago, they had uh, so much technology with the uh, air guns, and uh, found out that they were sticking so much money into those that they finally did away with that. But there was some advantages with that. Um, those guys are all athletes also. Though, I mean, um, they're pretty special with what they do. Oh, yeah. A lot of them have played um, college football, D1 football at prestigious uh, colleges, Wake Forest. I know there was a guy on the 24 team um, not too long ago. He was a linebacker at Wake Forest. So they, they recruit those guys to come out that aren't going to make it at the next level or have tried it for a few years and are getting out of it. And Yeah, absolutely. Those guys are – those guys are top-notch athletes, no doubt about it. You see Kyle Busch come out of that pit that one time and that, that uh, rear tire changer was coming around. Yes. And, I mean, it's so close to getting squished there, you know. I, I just can't imagine being a right rear or, you know, right side tire changer and you've got your back to what's going on. You know, I, anybody, you know, the crew chief can scream, say, oh, my God, there's a problem it would be too late to even uh, to react to it and you know and you you wouldn't be able to see what's what's coming you know uh, I seen that one Atlanta race one on Bill Elliott's team that uh, he got uh, he lost his life uh, when he got uh, hit by Ricky Rudd and just like oh and that you know I I actually teared up on that because that was such an incident that just um, yeah it stuck with me through all the years. And that's the main reason why now there is a, because of that incident, that's why there's a speed limit on pit road. So, you know, they, they, them are some tough guys out there. And Hey, you know, the driver gets all the glory, but I'll tell you what, you need the team also to, uh, to, to make it all, uh, make it all work. So that's a, yeah, that's a, a complete team sport. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, uh, I agree with you, you know, they have their backs to it and it's, uh, yeah, you got, man, it, and that, I couldn't remember who it was, but yeah, Kyle Bush, it was close. I thought it, that guy's foot was going to get run over. It was, it was, I mean, you, 
you have to, I mean, you almost think he had to feel it because it was so close. Yeah, it was, you know, so close that where, you know, a couple of guys could get actually uh, caught in between and it's a dangerous place. My God, that's a, yeah, that's, that's a tough part of the sport right there, but Hey, they do it. That's their job and they love it. And yeah, kudos to them guys. Yeah. They get amped up a, about it you know that's their go time you can see them amping each other up they're they're getting ready to go and uh you know there's a couple guys i've listened austin dylan had um had his podcast had his show going and the guy was like man i just love it i think he was the jack he's just like you get so amped you're up there you know and um he's actually that guy um um paul he is from Wisconsin. He used to go to Slinger, and he's the uh, – I think he's the Jack guy for Austin Dillon yet. Um, best friends with with Austin and, and his wife, and then Paul dates Muriel. So, um, yeah, it's a, it was kind of a cool thing going behind the scenes. Yeah, so true athletes. Those guys are all right. But, hey, they make the team, man. Driver gets the glory, but uh, those guys also behind the scenes make the, makes the results. So – no yeah. doubt, no doubt. Well, the uh, next race for the Cup Series is Sunday, 2.30 Central on Fox. The defending champion of the race is Kyle Busch. You know, the thing I thought about as we were going through this, this race was in our, in November when we were last there. So it'll be interesting to see uh, see how these guys defending race winners perform in the heat down there because it hasn't been run. Um in the spring or anything since like early two thousands, I think the first like four years that Miami came about late nineties, early two thousands, it was ran uh, in the spring, but uh, it's, it's back to it and we'll see, we'll see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> I might have to make a new notebook because it, everything's going to be different down there about that race. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Um, so then we got some uh, news headlines here. Um, I knew this would happen. We were talking about uh, going through June 21st with the schedule. Five minutes after I post the podcast online, NASCAR announces the schedule that now goes through August 2nd. Um, so now go out and look at the schedule going through August 2nd. The doubleheader at Pocono is the is June 26th weekend. And it goes on from there. So now the schedule is through August 2nd. Um, Atlanta named uh, part of their grandstand after Jimmy Johnson. I think uh, once one's after Petty, one's after Earnhardt, and now one's after Johnson. Uh, we talked about the fans, uh, the military, 1,000 military down at Homestead, Miami, 5,000 plus some VIP fans down at Talladega. Um Advanced Auto Parts was uh, named as a sponsor for NASCAR's weekly series. So we'll see if that trickles down to the short tracks uh, around here a little bit that are NASCAR sanctioned tracks. Um, Bubba Wallace is expected to return to Petty in 2021. Uh, sponsorship is really heating up for him, I heard, uh, with, the, uh, with everything going on with Black Lives Matter and all that, which is uh, great to see for him and Great to see for Petty because they're they're trying to they're trying to get more and more sponsorship. So hopefully that's coming more their way. Yep, yep, more sponsorship. That advanced. That's the first time that they were on a car on Ryan Blaney's car, and yep. uh, he showed them real well on there. So yep. he did a, a super job. I I thought Blaney was gonna 
pull that race off at Martinsville, and Penske was really strong there. Um, so, hey, more sponsorship. Way to go. More money to bring it into the series. Speaking about advanced auto parts and Blaney, did you see it all on social media? I saw it on Twitter. Brian Blaney posted a gift card in uh, the amount of $12 to Chase Elliott to advance auto parts. Uh, of course, Chase Elliott sponsored by Napa Auto Parts. And uh, so then Napa, of course, saw that, that he was posting that to Chase and having a little bit of fun between buddies there and said, uh, yeah, hey, you got one coming in $9 for, for Napa coming from Chase. So kind of a funny moment on social media there. $12 and $9, but uh, hey, <laughs> sometimes a part like that only costs that much. It'll make you finish a race. You know, it's one of those simple little pieces that could actually destroy your day. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um, uh, the, the big, big news coming down here. Um, NASCAR has banned the Confederate flag at all tracks going forward. Um, that got some high profile athletes and a lot of talk about, you know, a lot of people want to bring that around. I personally don't understand why that would mean so much if, you know, you, you know, most people around don't have any history to attach to that flag. So I don't understand what, what the big deal is about it. I think it makes a lot of people uncomfortable. So getting rid of it is going to open it up to more fans coming in, which is great. Nobody should be uncomfortable coming to the racetrack. So personally, I think that's a great thing. And then, that opened it up for some high-profile athletes. You saw LeBron James, Alvin Kamara, uh, Bernard Pollard Jr. all talking about, "Hey, we're gonna start watching NASCAR, and it's got NASCAR in the news." And some of these guys are are gonna show up to NASCAR tracks. They were watching it, asking questions to fans on social media, engaging with a lot of people. It was really cool to see. And um, in fact, I just saw Bernard Pollard today. He got some stuff from Stuart Haas Racing. Kevin Harvick gear, so he's getting into it. So um, kind of cool to see these other athletes getting involved in in NASCAR. So uh, I'm going to, you know, hold my judgment until I see Talladega, and Talladega is going to be, um, what are they going to do? Are they going to just come right up and confiscate flags or and and, and toss people out? Or and <laughs> I... I I've, I've got some friends that are down south, and you take their Confederate flag away, and that's just like, uh, um, it's not a symbol of hate or nothing like that. I really don't want to kind of go too far with this. Um, people don't like change. Um, so I am going to sit back and watch at Talladega because I am sure you're going to see um, some people that are really going to push the limit on that. And uh, we'll see where that goes from there. Yeah, you've seen some people say that they're done with NASCAR because of that decision. You know, I just wish, just like anything, I just wish people could get along. Um, it it does make some people uncomfortable coming to the racetrack. So, um, you know, maybe fly your favorite driver's flag instead. Um, you know, I'm not attached to it, so I don't I don't understand it, but I know. I know it makes some people uncomfortable, which, you know, I don't like to see. So, yeah, you're right. We'll see what happens down south because those those people are very passionate about uh, that and, and racing. So 
we'll uh, we'll see what happens. But you know, if it it's going to allow other people to watch the sport and get involved in the sports, um, could be a good thing. We'll uh, you know, I, I just don't want anyone feeling com- uncomfortable coming to the track. So if it's going to make people feel uncomfortable coming to the track by having those things flying everywhere, um, you see a lot of support uh, from the drivers and and all that going for, for this. So, um, yeah, I, I didn't want to dive too deep into it either. A, a, I don't understand the passion behind it and, um, B it's, it's can be political. So I didn't want to get too deep into it, but it was big news. Uh, so we just had to say something about it there, but it's change and people don't like change. Correct. Yeah. absolutely. And that's, and, 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 and you know, that's on anything. Yep. And so we're gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna sit back and watch at Talladega because that is downtown South, you know, and uh, that's where uh, we're gonna see what happens there and how the fans and everybody reacts when we get there. Yep. Yep. Well, there's only gonna be five thousand fans, so is it really gonna be a telltale sign there? I I don't know. I can see somebody flying an airplane with a rebel flag behind it, <laughs> flying over the racetrack. I, I mean, I could see something like that. You know, somebody, somebody's going to push the issue. I mean, right now, like, uh, um, they want to ban the uh, Dukes of Hazard off of, uh, like, Netflix and stuff like this. Like, um, it just keeps going on and on. We're hearing more and more about this every day. Um like I say, I'm just going to sit back and watch and see what happens at Talladega, and, and I'll, uh, I'll go from there. Yeah, and actually a little while ago it was announced that the Confederate flag will be taken off of the Dukes of Hazard car. So we'll we'll end it at that, but uh, just some news regarding that there. Um, the last yeah. bit of news I have here is the tunnel at Homestead got named after Jimmy Johnson. Um, so he got a couple of things named after him the last few weeks. So well, well deserved in his uh, swan song year. Uh, one of the best to ever do it. So he's not done yet. He's ran really well um, as as soon as they came back. So uh, kind of cool there for him. He gives a pretty good, passionate gentleman. Start your engines too. Yeah, <laughs> that was a, that was a really good. He was into it. So um, you know. I still think that when he's all done with NASCAR, I still think that you might see him in an IndyCar yep. or maybe uh, Formula One. I don't think his career is going to be totally over when he hangs it up in NASCAR. No. I think he's still going to be he's still going to be relevant somewhere. Yeah, I think he's already uh, on a borderline deal with uh, IndyCar team to race a few. I know he had a test. Uh, was it with Arrow McLaren or? the arrow team there. Um, one of the teams he had a, he had a test with earlier. So he's, he's got connections. He'll, he'll race a few IndyCar. I'm, I'm sure of that. Uh, Formula one boy, that would be a different deal. That would, uh, that would be interesting. Yeah. Boy, they got that 48 car going though. You know, he was leading some laps at Martinsville. I mean, that looked like the old 48 of old though. And he was going around Martinsville. It's just like, uh, well, uh, just kind of faded there at the end, but uh, the 48 uh, these days is relevant, yep. and they've come a long way to get that back, getting that back to being competitive. Oh, absolutely! And you think back at Darlington, what could have happened there if he didn't have that issue or didn't push, didn't didn't push it there? Um, other tracks looked really strong. Uh, 
close, close late. Charlotte, of course, he got DQ'd there, but yeah, that uh, that team and and car are getting back to it, and you kind of see all the Chevys running to the top here. So, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a win or two uh, here to end it and and see what happens later on in the year, going for number eight. Yeah, why not? I could see it wouldn't surprise me if they got a victory on that team. You know, they're they're good enough to uh, win a race if if the cards fall right. Yep, I agree. I agree. Um, and, and, you know, we'll, we'll end it on this note. You know, I, I mentioned this before. I wasn't the biggest Jimmy Johnson uh, fan as he was going through his championship run. But as he went on, I, I realized how special he is and, and what he did was and, and is. And uh, you start to think about it. And it's almost like when he gets back up to the front, you kind of root for him a little bit. Um you know, and a lot of people didn't do that during this championship run. They wanted to see something else. So uh, it's interesting kind of how the, the tides change as someone's career goes on. Well, drivers are always not liked when they win all the time. They like, you know, they like them for so long. And then after a while, when they win too much, well, then everybody turns on them. And, and that's anywhere. That's even locally here, you know, and then, uh, you know, that's the way it is in racing. People like new new winners, you know. When they win too much, well, then people kind of frown on them. So, <laughs> but uh, now that Jimmy's going to be stepping out, yeah, I'm, and he hasn't won over 100 races now. So, yeah, he's he's overdue, and he is such a good uh, uh, representative of the sport. He is an all-around good guy. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll see where it goes. But I could definitely see that he's going to win a race probably by before the end of the year. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you spoke about uh, locally here. We had the we had the red race last night, which was run by uh, one by Brent Strelka. Um, there was a little incident near the end of the race there between the leaders and Brent uh, was able to capitalize on that. He won that. Brian Monday won in the late model division. Um, Andy Cassavant won the uh, street stocks. Uh, Ethan Beatty won the sizzling four race. Uh, the trucks was run by Jason Plutz. Um, so really, really good, uh, good racing. Glad to be uh, back out there. And I think what we'll do is we'll, the next big race coming up for us is going to be the Slinger Nationals. So we'll do a, we'll do a podcast about that and get some local racing started, uh, started up in here. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we could sit here probably for another hour. Uh, talking about local racing, you know, it's our passion big time, you know, and it's, it's starting, uh, starting up and, uh, um, yeah, I just saw a YouTube, uh, video that came out of the race. Um, I was just so happened that I was, uh, sitting next to Dan Margetta. He saw me and we kind of hung out together for the night, which was really cool. Um, you know, I, I really like Dan a lot and, and we see each other at the track. So we got, to, we got a night that we got to really got to know each other last night. So that was a special night. Um, I was in a few camps last night and there was some uh, feelings of uh, back and forth. And, um, but that's the passionate of short track racing. And uh, that's why we love it so much. And some things don't work out like they're supposed to. And, um, yeah, there's so much passionate that's out there. That's why we just absolutely love that sport out there. That's my favorite, man. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we, you and I have talked about this. We've talked about it to the teams, the crews, the drivers. 
when you're going that fast, you're making a split second decision. And if it doesn't go the way you had thought it was going to go, there's going to be some contact. And that's just, that's the unfortunate part of racing. Uh, It's going to happen, but it is part of racing. And, um, you know, things, things just happen there. And, um, you know, nothing, that incident happened to be nothing too bad. There was an incident earlier in the super late model that didn't end up real well for a lot of guys, some destroyed cars, but, that's the unfortunate side of it. And you know, that's, that's, that's all you can say about it is the unfortunate side of it, but there's a lot of good, um, close racing, hard racing and in the short truck level is, is like nothing, nothing else. You know, and uh, we have the best facility in the whole country to run on a Thursday night and, and what they do and how they entertain us out there. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's always, if it was bland and very vanilla every week, well, people wouldn't go out there. And uh, that's why there's such big crowds that are out there because they're being entertained by some really super um, participants that are out there. My hats off go to everybody out there, to, to the drivers and the teams, and for anybody that uh, works on them vehicles. And guess what? Next Thursday, you know, after we had that pile up in turn three, all them cars are going to be back and they're going to be working, you know, to come back and entertain us again. And, Hey, my hat's off to everybody that works so hard out there to entertain us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, hey, one last thought on that. Uh, what did you think of the Roval V6 cars? Um, you know what? There's something to build on. Uh, <laughs> I was entertained by this barrel getting dragged around, the, the <laughs> barrel abuse. But uh, I liked it. It reminded me of the Double O series that they run out at lacrosse in a way. Um, they run a double O where they go into the quarter mile and then they come back out on the half mile. And, uh, some of these guys don't realize that these guys are on the hammer coming down the front stretch and, Oh, you could end up with some, uh, <laughs> different kinds of incidents there, but I liked it. And I, I'd like to see more of that. You know what? That looks so fun. I wouldn't even mind going down there and, and spinning a wheel. That was, that looked fun. Yeah, I thought the same thing. And in fact, I said over the the microphone when Matt and I were announcing and I said, Matt, that looked awfully similar to the famous double O race. Uh, Granted, you weren't going from the half to the quarter mile, but it was very similar where at one point in the track, you had some cars going one way, some cars going the other way. Uh, One had to turn there, one had to turn later on the on the quarter. And it was uh, yeah, it was it was a good show, even though there was only a couple cars out there It was a good finish. And that just shows, you know, a lot of times you don't need these 43 car fields. You can have, you know, 10, 15. And if it's a good race, it's a good race. Yeah. You know, yeah, that would be more interesting in uh, replacing that with uh, from the Enduro series. And, uh, oh, my, <laughs> that would be so much. That would be just so much fun. It would be uh, it would be hard to control. And uh, but. Uh, I'll tell you what, that, that was a blast. Uh, after I got done with that, I actually stood up and I clapped for that. I'm going, yes, I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Hats off to everyone involved in that. And I know Kurt Schweitzer was a, was a big player in that. So that was, that was pretty cool. But uh, yeah, Hey, we uh, we're out at uh, Wisconsin international raceway for the Fox river racing club. Uh, Thursday night thunder every, every week, Thursday racing starts at six 30. So Hope to see you out there if you're in the area or if you're traveling up. You know, they got the big Dixieland 250 coming up August 4th, um, too. So that's a, that's a, one of the biggest races in the country. So 
yeah, there's some good things happening around uh, the state now, and we'll look forward to that, and then some NASCAR racing as well. And, and you know what? IndyCar started up. Uh, Scott Dixon won down at Texas, so uh, things are starting to roll here. Yep, yep. And then I'm going to dabble in Slinger on Sunday night. I'm going to go down there and and uh, rub elbows with some people in the pits down there, and then a couple weeks later I'll be down there again. So, yeah, I'm starting to spread out and go into Slinger and might do a couple dirt races coming up here in July. And so I'm going to get back in the, in the traveling bandwagon and start putting some miles on and support some more local racing around here. So, yeah, <laughs> racing is the only thing in town that's going on. So uh, having enjoying uh, uh, supporting the race, uh, the sport that I really love. Yep, yep, the sport, sport that we all love. So, uh Yep, great to see it back in the swings, swing of things and, and get rolling here. Uh, well, buddy, let's uh, let's cut it off there. Um, boy, we had a lot to talk about, uh, and that was good stuff there. So thanks for joining me again, and we'll uh, talk next week at some point and go from there. Appreciate you joining me. Yep, yep, and uh, yeah, Homestead, so uh... – Let's see if uh, our buddy Ty Majeski can uh, make make it go. Uh, you know, he's only people are but asking, saying, "Boy, you know, he uh, how many races has he run like in a truck?" And it really isn't that many, and it takes a little bit to learn that. And uh, yeah. I tell you what, when he get when he gets that zeroed in, he's going to be something to really watch. And so, yeah, and doubleheader Xfinity and the Cup race down at Homestead. So, uh, lots of racing down there. So, hopefully, everybody's safe and. Uh, and makes it count. So yeah, man, pre- appreciate uh, uh, being on here with you. I love talking about racing anytime, you know, so when it comes to racing, uh, that's my favorite subject and I'll sit and I'll talk all day to you about that. <laughs> yep. Yep. Same here, buddy. So, uh, well, thanks everyone for listening again. You can catch us on uh, Facebook, look up, uh ll sports network double l sports network uh twitter also double l sports network we got a few things in the plans here obviously got the nascar thing going on we're going to get into short track racing more uh we're going to get into football that's coming up baseball um basketball is going to be starting up here at the the end of july again um in july and then uh college sports as well so we got some big things in the plan here and we'll uh Thanks again for listening. Check us out, and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Yep. Everybody be good. See you all. See you later. Bye.